Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Focus on Albany. I'm Cynthia Pooler. My guest today is mayoral candidate Greg Adela. And we're going to talk about the final lap in the race for for mayor in the city of Albany. So, Greg, how's it going? Uh, thanks, Cynthia, you know, for having me on. It's going well. You know, it's... Uh... We've got, you know, just under two weeks left, and, you know, we're feeling good over here. And, you know, it's just been great still meeting with people and businesses. You know, more meetings set up every single day, you know, for the final push. And I just think people are really ready for a change, you know. Um, They saw the forum. Some people did. You know, it wasn't a huge turnout um, online. But the people who saw it wanted to be there and were helped spread the word and, um so we're excited over here. You know, I think we got really good momentum and uh, people are, are really uh, liking what we're talking about on the streets. And so here we are. <laughs> so I, I put the uh, video of the debate on my website. So anybody who missed it and wants to see it, can go to www.focusonalbany.com and they could see it or they could see it on my Facebook page. Uh, I think it was very interesting. So there, it's been it's been it's been really interesting watching what's going on and stuff, and you know. We, you and I have talked about the lack mm-hmm. of press coverage and mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff. So, you know, this is an opportunity, Greg, to Greg, opportunity, Greg, to share mm-hmm. your thoughts and maybe uh, talk about your gripes on what you liked and what you didn't like, yeah. and what you see coming coming down the pike. Well, you don't. Thank you for that. So, I, I think to that question is, you know, being you know someone that fought to get on the ballot as the independent, I had to work my tail off to get here. I had double the work to get here. Um, I think the press has been very absent with this very important race, um, and they've been biased. Some of them as well, which is to be expected, by the way, to your audience. I'm not. I'm not trying to say it's something new. I'm just feeling it. Um, I'm hypersensitive to it because I'm going through it. I think, uh, you know, you know, there's the local newspaper, the Times Union, interviewed me back in August for a feature. It was supposed to run in September, and they just ran it in October, a little piece. You know, you can see how they delay things so people don't get to know you as much because it's hard work going door to door. You got to be out there every day uh, in in your own um, media center yourself. And I really think that they should have been covering this right after Labor Day. Everyone should have been hammering on this, and they didn't. Now, some people have been very fair to me, um, you being one of them, and other news outlets have been fair um, and and that are paying close attention, and I give them a lot of credit. I think, and I do have some, you know, I just did uh, ABC 10 interview this week, Spectrum interview. I have another one with Susan Arbetter next week. 
So it, which is very nice. Don't get me wrong. It's very nice that these people are, you know, interested and want to talk, but I mean, you're talking with two weeks left and it's the big push. It, like I said, it really should have started in my opinion, uh, in a lot of people's opinion, right after Labor Day, um, you know, for the community. And it's only fair to the people to get to know the candidates, um, knowing that we can't get to every single house in an entire city. Um, and I think, honestly, to go back to the debate slash forum, um, there should be more. You know, the incumbent, that's their tactic, is to sign on for one. That's all they did. It was Zoom. And uh, I, was, I was one of the, the people that said, absolutely. I, I, in fact, my PR firm sent messages out. We would love uh, one or two more in person. We think it's safe to do that. And I think residents should be invited, even if it's small 30 to 50 person group to ask questions off the cuff. Um, I'm not a fan of this Zoom. We couldn't see the audience. The questions were submitted to a lockbox by constituents. Um, and, and I just, you never know who's tampered with that. Not saying that they did. I'm just saying you just don't know what happens when it's out of your control like that, as opposed to a live event. And I think it's a real disservice to the general public. So I'm ambivalent, uh, on how the, the media has handled this. Um, it doesn't surprise me though, but I'm, I'm proud of, and with the interviews that I've done, I'm confident and I stand by, by my, uh, stand behind my decisions and, and my comments made toward why I feel I'll be the, uh, the next mayor and, and why I, I deserve to be, I feel. Okay. So what, what about the campaign has been wonderful that you, you, you liked? I would not have met so many great people and positive people that want change if I did not get involved. And that's been the best part. You know, I've met so many people that have so many great concerns for their, themselves, their families. You know, they lived in Albany. They want to raise their kids in Albany. They're on, some are on the brink, though, which is sad, of leaving for the suburbs or just leaving state uh, because they just don't feel safe. You know, the streets are dirty and they're unsafe. But I think, to your question, is absolutely that's been the best part, uh, to get reacquainted with neighborhoods once again and to meet, you know, really, really good people um, that want change. So that, that's been a real thrill, uh, you know, to feel more of the community and get to know more of the community better. So that, that's, been, that's been great. So when when you talk to people, you you were born in Albany. Your family just settled a long time ago in Albany. You said that your your grandparents got married at the old St. Anthony's Church. So That's when right, you talk uh, to Madison. People, right. So mm-hmm. when you talk to people who have not been in Albany as much as as long as you and your family have. Mm-hmm. Did you guys talk about change and w- whether it's been for the good or for the bad? What is the consensus oh, of the people? Oh, oh, they, they've seen it. The people who have been here have seen it come full circle, right? Like family members of mine. You know, we've been in business for 78 years, Quail Auto Sales. And 
the people that have maybe just arrived or just coming, you know, uh, into their own after college and moving into city life, some think it's great. But I can tell you some people that thought it was great in the beginning of the race noticed when they start seeing the underbelly of the city, they start realizing and recognizing why is it so bad? Why isn't things, uh, why haven't they turned around? And um, I feel that the general consensus is that it's a shame of what's happened and it's what's happened under this administration. You know, they have, this administration is, has lacked leadership yet in the 2022 budget, she's given herself and all her staff a raise, you know, um, they can't retain cops. Morale is low. There's no sense of pride. If I could say that, Cynthia, no one feels there's, there's not as much fun as there was even in, in the nineties in the mid-90s, early 2000s in Albany. It's really dropped off. And um, people don't want that. People want to go out. They want to walk. They want to, you know, uh, have creative outlets, you know, via the arts. And honestly, they just don't feel safe. You know, they're going to Schenectady or going to Troy or Saratoga or across the border in Massachusetts. And... Uh, the only thing I can say to that is I'll work my tail off and my uh, arts background is to bring that creative sense of positivity and fun and a sense of pride back to the city. And I, and I have to say, in order to get that, we have to get our gang violence under control, you know? And that's why I have a zero tolerance, a zero crime um, policy. Zero tolerance crime policy to to start stomping this out and get to the heart of it, retain a diverse police force and, and, and start making it safe and clean it up again. Because this administration has been asleep and they don't understand how much they're failing in open book tests. So, so you and I recently have talked about the um, walkway that's being built. Mm-hmm. And you said that that's a little... It's concerning to me. Mm-hmm. What is the reason that the mayor is so excited about this walkway? I, it's smoke and mirrors, right? We have a walkway. We have Jennings Landing. It goes down to the water. The waterfront isn't used now properly. They have the wrong people in these positions. There's no real creative. There should be, look, we've all been to other cities, especially waterfront cities. There should be in the summertime, there should be an event every weekend, every weekend going on there, concerts outside. Absolutely. Um, then you're going to put another walkway in for what? You got $13 million for that, $13 million to connect the river to downtown. Well, guess what? No one's going to use that or go downtown if they don't feel safe. Parents are not going to come um, with their kids. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Uh you said that there was a particular reason why the mayor wants this built. You remember oh, that? I think she wanted. I think she wants to build just to name it after herself. I, I you know, that, that that could be a reason too. I, I really think that because everyone wants to leave a legacy of sort, and this is just a, it's a white elephant that doesn't get spoken about. I, I, I feel enough in, in the, what it's really for. I mean, you know, look, you'd have to go back. You get grant money for this. Um, aid for this $13 million project. What I would have done is, as a true leader and someone that was, is from uh, Albany and the capital region, it said, look, 
how can we get this $13 million and make 13 $1 million projects? In other words, spread a million dollars out throughout the city 13, to 13 places. That's how you start mm-hmm. building up cities. Th- these people want new toys, and they don't even play with their old toys. They don't even play with their old toys. Like I said, here, give you an example on that, okay? Fourth of July, everyone was excited to have the fireworks back. Yeah, that's great. But when I was driving, okay, and, you know, I, I was getting views from 787 and, and um, all around downtown, here's what saddened me. There was nothing going on at Jennings Landing, nothing. What you would do is you should hire people like myself and creatives, okay, like they do in other cities, and they should have had a live concert going on at Jennings Landing so boats could pull up, enjoy it. You have a concert maybe until 7 o'clock. Then everyone, you know, walks over. It's nice. Uh, and go enjoy the fireworks. But they don't do it. So they're going to build this $13 million ramp, and they're not even going to utilize it right. They're not because you don't have the population downtown to sustain it. And no, I'm telling you, no one, if they don't feel safe, you can build and say whatever you want, but people will not come out if they feel their quality of life is jeopardized. It just won't happen. That happens throughout the world, and history teaches us that. And it's a shame. So, so when you say that you believe the reason this is being built is Kathy can attach her name to it, has anybody, is that your thought, or, or have you heard that from other people besides yourself? Oh, other people, I, when, when I brought that up, people have actually said, they said, oh, we've heard other people say that as well. So that floats around. Um, that's definitely going around, because I have heard it in my, in my, uh, during my campaign trail, for sure, for sure. And that, and that also <laughs> comes from people that had uh, very high-powered political roles in Albany and in the county. That should that should alarm people, wouldn't you think? You would think, but remember, and your audience needs to remember this as well, not that they wouldn't because they're intelligent, is this. There's just a lot of apathy in Albany. The carpet's been pulled out from underneath everyone too many times. There's lack of trust. This is why people historically don't vote. You know, they, they say, my vote, my voice doesn't matter. It does. And if you allow me just a couple of minutes to give you a story of why every vote and every voice matters, I'll prove it. As a Go third ahead. party, as a third party, an independent, okay, I had to get two and a half times as many signatures to get on the ballot. And it's, a, it's hard, okay, but I got on. And I got, I needed 667 signatures, okay, because they cut it in half because of COVID. They cut it actually two and a half times. So by the time I turned in 795, and then they try to disqualify them because some people aren't really registered. People have signed for other people. They don't tell you that. They don't even live in the city. So there's a whole plethora of reasons. And they go through each signature. Well, I made it on the ballot with 669. I made it by two signatures. So mm-hmm. when, pe- when I, I tell that story on the trail, when people say, oh, my voice or my vote doesn't matter, I said, yes, it does. And here's my, here's my, here, here's my example. Everything right. matters. So if people really want change, this is the election to make it happen right now. This is a unique opportunity for Albany to have a, a positive change coming from someone 
and, some, and, and a family that's, that's been in business in Normandy for 78 years. We know the pulse of the streets. We live it every day. We see the crime. We see the blight. We see the filth. And everything I've been talking about with you for over three years now is the same story. I sound like a broken record, but people will not come into the city. You will not have a resurgence of industry, of mom-and-pop stores. I mean a resurgence, okay, until they feel safe. Now, when you were kids, and mm-hmm. you guys, uh, you and your parents would walk down Pearl Street. I see Pearl Street, you know, pictures of Pearl Street. It was mm-hmm. such a vibrant community for business. You walk up, up and down Pearl Street now, and it's like a ghost town. It is. It's you know great. what I'll do? Yes, I would agree 100%. And what I'll do is there's a picture my grandfather put up, you know, in our office before he passed away um, of Pearl Street. Of, there's many pictures. It looks like a museum of Albany, how it was, okay? And whenever someone is new to the area or new to our business, I give them like a little field trip, like a museum. And every single time I'll show them this one picture that's taken from Pearl Street looking back to the palace, Okay. And I'll say, do you know Uh what city that is? I'll ask, you know what city that is? And inevitably they all say, oh, that's New York City. I go, no, it's Albany. And then they see the palace and the street signs. And they said, we've never imagined it could be that way. I said, yeah, this is how I grew up. This is the stories that I was told, okay? And and this is how I see it. And I know it can come back. But you've got to have the right leaders that are friendly. The city's got to be open for business. You, gotta, you, you get high taxes in Albany, and you get nothing for them. There's no morale. Um, you know, the streets are dirty. You know, there's, there's shootings almost every single day, but they get squashed intentionally by this administration and some of the media. And it's a sin because people deserve better. There's too many great people and businesses in Albany that deserve better, and the entire capital region deserves better for that, for that matter. Um, so... Uh, Yes, I've seen, you know, I've seen parts of this city come full circle, especially where we're at in West Hill. We used to love running the streets, and there was still vibrancy. There were great, some of the greatest restaurants, truly, were between um, our, our business and, and Clinton and First, right up there. Uh, and, and they'd be packed as we were kids. The streets would be packed, Cynthia, people walking on the streets. All races, all creeds, everything. And it was a joy. And then all of a sudden, it just, it got worse and everyone just ignored it. And it's a shame. It's a, it's a real shame. Wow. So, uh, you and, and your competitors, Valerie and Alicia, you've been doing really well about articulating what you see is happening in Albany. And, you know, there's a lot of discontent in the city. Mm-hmm. And here just seems to go up about her daily business. And it doesn't look like she's concerned what the people say or think. She feels it's a shoeing. What do you think? Absolutely, I agree. They've laid back. They've underestimated me. And this is what elitists do. 
she has, she's very wealthy, if your audience doesn't know this, very wealthy. She practically buys, buys these elections. You can go to the public records and see what she's loaned her own campaign, hundreds of thousands of dollars. And people buy into that. I'm, I'm a fan of, I think morale goes further than money at times. And if you watch the forum, you can just see her sit back, talk about things, the same Democrat, Democratic rhetoric that's being spoken nationally. There's nothing unique there's, um, about this, this woman at all. Nothing. It, it's, it's, this is for her, I, I feel, is just a stepping stone to get to somewhere else. And if she thinks that's the case, anyone hip and wise to looking at resumes will look at that and, say what she, and see what she's done to Albany. And my hope would be like, no, I can't advance you in this career anymore because you failed the capital city of New York State. And that's how I feel with that. Um, so, yeah, I, I think she's in cruise control because she's an incumbent. Um, she has her faction of people, which, listen, when I'm on the street, I think they, there's dissension in that, in that faction for, for certain. And um, it, it's... Uh, she just, look, three words I can summarize in the past year of what I've learned in this journey, okay? Three words about this, this Kathy Sheehan is three words. She doesn't care. She doesn't care. That's it. And it shows. Okay. okay. If she does not care, why would she want to be mayor? If she's getting she, bad person. Not bad press, but, but bad vibes from a, a substantial amount of the mm-hmm. community. Why yeah. would you want to do this? Why? Well, perhaps you could be uh, partially delusional. You know, you, you are so removed and so out of touch that you just, you, you, you're desensitized to your own feelings and to what's going on around you. And you ignore them and you hide. And I think why she wants to do it is like, she, look, she was a person that said, I'm for term limits and I'm only going to do ter- two terms. And she ran for a third. Oh, well, right. COVID this and COVID that. And I got to finish the job. You didn't even start your job. You didn't even right. start your job. You, you've played to your audience and that's it. Your small myopic audience and you did not think of the masses. And that's going to be her legacy. And she doesn't realize that. So okay. um, if, I think, if, she's, if, I think she's, she's trying to get another job, Cynthia. I think that's what it really is. That's what it is. That's why true term limits need to come in. You got to get this. She's got to be fired November 2nd. Okay. So let's say she does get reelected. Mm-hmm. It might not be overwhelming, but it might be. Who's to say? Right. At the end of at the end of the next term, if she said COVID was, you know, the decisive factor to make her, you know, make her want to run again, then in four years there might be something else coming down the pike. Because oh, I I know I only wanted to serve two, two terms, but I did three. And now going into a fourth term, we you need me because of fill in the blank, fill in the right. blank. Right, so. and that's the thing. See, the onus is on the voter, 
it's, it, it's not all on me, right, canvassing. The, the voter has to go out and research as well and be in tune to this, okay? So uh, if, if she – because here's the thing. They love to point fingers. Oh, you need me for that. No, I don't need you. I'm fine by myself. I don't need more government, and I don't need sloppy government leaders like yourself. But she'll point fingers and displace. Here's, here's an example. We'll talk about the crime in Albany. And she'll say, and, and I understand this, and I'll preface it this way. I know it's not unique to Albany. Okay, it's happening in other places. I'm also not the mayor. I'm going to be mayor, but I'm not the mayor right now. But what this mayor does when stuff like that comes up, she says, well, it's happening everywhere, and all upstate cities are feeling it. Look, I care about the upstate cities. I do. But not as much as I care about Albany. So when I'm posed that question, like I have been in the past week in interviews, I just focus on Albany. I'm not worried about what Buffalo and Syracuse or Rochester are doing. I can't mm-hmm. control that. So when I'm asked that question, what do you think? I said, no, it is. It's happening here, and we have to get a handle on it right now. That's, how you, that's what true leaders do. We're going to stomp this out in our city right now. Stop pushing it off like, oh, it's someone else's problem, because that's how it comes across. The veil has been lifted on this administration, and I hope – that great people of Albany can see clearly enough that her time is over in Albany. Over. Uh, no more negativity. A couple of weeks ago, my friend Russell and I, we had a friend from Florida come up and, and pay a visit. Mm-hmm. And we, we went to the Capitol. We went to the state Capitol. And we walked from floor to floor. And he was amazed at at, at the beauty of it, and it's like, mm-hmm. here's this beautiful building with so much history in it, and then it's surrounded by chaos, bedlam, uh, all kinds of stuff that should mm-hmm. not be. We, you know, there's been two governors since mm-hmm. she's been elected. There's mm-hmm. Cuomo. And there's Hoko. I mm-hmm. don't see them, like you had mentioned to me, I don't see them up in arms at the the um, the, the the city itself. They don't seem no. to really, That astounds me. You're spot on. And we, when did we talk about that? I think a month ago you had me bring that point up because I'm adamant in that. These governors, see, this is why they're all in bed together. They're all hacks and lazy. I mean that, and I, I'm not going to hold my tongue anymore. Because if I was the governor, he spent a lot of time, um, besides doing other things, he spent a lot of time in Albany during COVID, you know, kicking leaves right. around the street. You wouldn't think that he would walk outside and be like, this city has become a dump. Let's get it together. But no, they don't. Because you know why? They play party politics over policy. And that's what people need to wake up to. The Democrats and Republicans are bleeding into one party. Go the independent route. Stand up for yourself. Stand up for your family and your children's future. Don't be afraid. These people, they they do smoke and mirrors. They want to bully you into submission. And I'm telling you, they're just human beings that haven't had, that don't have half the clue as most of the people. Now, I'm not saying all of them are bad. That That would be impossible, right? That's not fair to say in any walk of life. But this administration has had two terms, and it's failed the city miserably. And to further that, if you go back to the primary, it was an abysmal turnout, and her core group has 
dissented from her. And it shows right there in the numbers. As much as she thinks, oh, we steamrolled that. Really? Really? With over 52,000 registered voters and 6,000 showed up, you steamrolled it? Yeah, no, I don't think so. Not at all. So this has to be a historic election. People need to come out and vote. And early voting starts tomorrow, Cynthia. That's big for your audience to know. It starts tomorrow. Get out and vote. It's very important for the future of Auburn. So, Greg, this is our last conversation until after the election. I want to oh, say I'm good luck. Oh, I'm going to miss you. <laughs> well, thank you, Cynthia. I really, you know, listen, I've said it before. You know, we met when I started covering the violence three and a half years ago. You've been very kind <laughs> to me. You've given me a platform. We've agreed to disagree. Um, you're one of the few people that is constant um, with uh, many political issues in, in Albany in the Capital Region. I applaud you for that. You do a lot of hard work. And I look forward to talking with you when I'm uh, the next mayor of Albany, New York. Great. So, Greg, as time is up, you've been listening to mayoral candidate Greg Adela. I'm Cynthia Pooler. This is Focus on Albany. If you like this show, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Greg, good luck, and we will talk in just a little while and We'll see how the chips fall. Sounds good. Stay well, Cynthia. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye.